to be back this afternoon after a fine meal, and I want to thank the ladies for that. Nobody cooks like the church ladies. We appreciate that. And maybe some of the men brought some things too. If you did, then that was good. Appreciate it. This morning I made a uh, reference in my opening scripture of, to Psalm 78, and then I didn't know if I had to write scripture. That was it, by the way. So if you're following that and want to go back on your notes or whatever it was Psalm, from Psalm 78. Tonight we're going to talk some more about trust. We're going to talk some more about our confidence in what God tells us. And, and the level of confidence that we all should have through the assurances that He's made to us in His Word. Trusting God's plan. We've approached that uh, subject in several different ways today. And this evening we're going to approach it even in another way. God loves us. We are His creation. And I think sometimes that, that we don't focus enough on that. The fact that God does love us, He cares for us, and some people just have an idea in life, and I'm not talking about so much church people, I'm talking about maybe people who are not in the church, that nobody really cares for them. Oh, maybe they've got some family members, maybe their mother cares for them or something like that, and, but maybe through relationships and problems with relationships that maybe they've been let down in that area or whatever, and people don't generally get the idea society doesn't that God loves them somebody loves them enough to do things for them we have a purpose in our life God loves us we're his creation and we have purpose we don't just exist for, for any reason that's just like the Bible I think uh, the Bible has got a purpose it's the key to our salvation it's the road map it tells us what to do and what not to do and things such as that. And it assures us, it guides us, all of, all of that. It's not just a book that was convenient. I don't think there's any idle words in that Bible. Now, I may not understand all of those words in that Bible. And I may not understand how they apply to me or what they may teach me. But I know one thing. I'm convinced that there's no idle words in that Bible. That every one of them have a purpose and we have a purpose too. We have a purpose. We fit into God's plan, and we are members of His overall intelligent design. We have a purpose. And mankind has always tried to identify that purpose, and young people, sometimes they get an idea when they start becoming adults that they need to find themselves because they, don't, they haven't identified that purpose. And let us all rejoice because God loves us. We love Him because He first loved us. He loves us, loved us enough to send His Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary, that we'd have a plan to redeem us from our shortcomings, our sin, the sin that's in each one of us life. Now, so God proved His love for us. You know, His, his plan was manifest in the Garden of Eden. He created man in His own image. From Genesis 1, verses 26 and 27. And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over the every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So 
God wanted us to be here. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a spontaneous combustion. It wasn't all of that that sometimes we hear. God wanted us to be here, but then sin entered into the world. Sin crept into our existence. It entered the world in the garden. Romans 5 and 12, the Bible says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We read that this morning. We've all sinned. But from the beginning, God has had a plan that involved people. Today, God knows our life. He knows every joy that we have, every disappointment that we have, every expectation that we have, every desire, every burden. But Christ gives us an example of God's care. Here's what it says in Luke 12, verses 6 and 7. Are not five sparrows sold for two farlings, and not one of them is forgotten before God? And what this tells us is that God, He knows everything, and He knows what we need. But even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. I think people lose sight of that. I think society certainly loses sight of the fact that God cares for mankind. He cares what happens to us. He cares about our joys and our fears and our disappointments and our failures and our successes. He cares about that. He has compassion on us. In Psalms 145 and 8, here it says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Slow to anger and of great mercy. He has compassion on us. You know, we go over to the New Testament and we see that Jesus had compassion for people. He looked upon people and had compassion. Isn't that a great thing to know? That we've got a God that cares for us, that knows what we're struggling with, and that doesn't mean that we're not going to have struggles. But we've got assurances. Now, the, the parable of the lost coin. Talks about God's care. What He means to us and what we mean to Him. We'll start in verse 8, Luke 15. Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she loses one piece, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it? Now there's a question there. And it says, what, what person or what woman here, if she had ten pieces of silver, if she loses one of them, she's going to light a candle, she's going to get that light out, we'd get a flashlight. And she's going to search that house diligently till she find it. And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which, had, which I had lost. In verse 10 it says, Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. You know, sometimes I, I think we discount how precious our soul is to God. One sinner that repents. Wow. <laughs> the angels of God have joy when one sinner repents. That's a lot of care. There's a lot of people come through this old earth 
There's a lot of them been born, a lot of them have died. So let us focus our purpose on our purpose, to serve Him. Let's focus on what we should do for God. We know what God does for us. We know He cares for us. So now let's get over into the area of what we should do. From Psalms 100, verses 1 through 5. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is, is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Isn't that a great thing? Isn't it a great thing to know that we are His people, that He loves us? Enter into the gates with thanksgiving and all the courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good and His, His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. When I think about the congregation here, I look out here and I see the young families and I see a wide age span in this congregation and I think how much of a blessing it is for you to be involved in that into this congregation all the plans that y'all are making it's exciting oh there's a million decisions to be made about what when and how and where we're going to do and all this that and the other y'all probably ate your last potluck dinner at the school a while ago next one you eat will be in your own place and that's not about potluck dinners it's about serving God and so many of your plans I've been listening to them this week involve bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to those that have not heard it. And the excitement that you have because you know that you're going to have some new opportunities to do that. Some opportunities that maybe you don't have right here at this location. So why do we do that? We want to show the love of God to other people because God loved us. We have a purpose. You have a purpose. The Amarillo Church of Christ has a purpose. And that's to spread God's word. Every Christian has that duty. Every Christian has that charge. And Jesus gave it in the commission. Go ye therefore into all the world. Go. Jesus said go. To serve Him. We are His people. And the sheep of His pasture. We worship Him. In John the 4th chapter, verses 23 and 24, the Bible says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. That's one of our, the things that we do. In our love to God, we worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. What does that mean? What does it mean to, to worship in spirit and truth? Well, we have to have the right heart and we have to have a true worship in spirit and in truth. So, we, showing our love to God, we worship Him. It's part of our purpose. It's part of God's plan. It is how we rejoice that we have God and He wants us to worship Him. To do His will. John 15, verse 10, talks about His commandments. If you keep My commandments, you shall abide in My love, even as I have kept My Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus talks about abiding in, us abiding in Him and Him abiding in His Father. What a blessing that is to be able to even do that 
to be able to have the knowledge to know to do that. We have a purpose. We have a purpose to fulfill our spot in Christianity. And, it, and every one of us fits in that, into that plan. We're His people. And although that sin entered the world, God gave us a plan of escape. Paul, in, in writing to Rome, in the Romans, here at the church at Rome, he says, For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we have to die to our sins to be alive to God. We've talked some about that this week. We'll talk about that in a minute. It's more. We have to obey that form of doctrine that He gave us to die to, to those sins. So God gives us a promise and He wants us all to be saved. 2 Peter 3 and 9. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise as some men count slackness. But is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God wants every one of us to be His repentant, worshipful people. Turning away from our sins and serving God. That's what He wants. And His plan is for His people to live in heaven. We used this earlier in the week, and I want to use it again because I... I really think it is probably one of the best scriptures to prepare our minds just like he used it to prepare the minds of, of those that, that were around him at the time that was written and spoken or written or spoken and then written and it talks about where we're going to be where God's people are going to be where they're going to dwell Jesus said in my they well let me before we do that let me say this they were pretty worried about all that the disciples that had been following Him and, and along with Him, the apostles were worried about the fact that Jesus was getting ready to leave. And He said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto Myself. That's a promise. So Jesus says... You know, don't worry about this deal. I'm going to get you a place prepared. I'm not just leaving you. And that's what they kind of thought might be happening. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. I imagine they were still pretty nervous about that, but we have great assurance with that. This is, like I said the other day, this is kind of something we hear at a funeral a lot of times because it brings comfort to families that there's more than just life and then death and then nothing. There's much more than that. There's much more to life than just your existence here on earth. We're only here for a short time. What a great blessing that is. And God's plan for the mankind is for the church to be here till, till the end. And that we may 
persevere. You know, every group faces challenges and problems, and every congregation has things to, to think about and things to do, and how are we going to do this, how are we going to do that? And the leaders that are here today will be gone someday, and there will be new leaders, and, and all of that is a process. Battery might be down. <laughs> All right. But even though we have things that challenges, and even though we have things that we have to plan for and provide for and, and wait for at times, we have such a great blessing because we have that assurance. The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness. He is long-suffering. Now, he was talking about for people to repent and things like that but but you know in God's plan we all fit it's not everybody's not in the same office we know that as members we have duties as the elders have duties deacons have duties evangelists teachers do your part do your part the best you can do it and if I were going to leave you with something at the end of this this meeting it would be just that that God loves you you fit into his plan you have a part you have a purpose you have an integral purpose in God's plan and all of us as we function in God's holy word we need to do that and remember that you have a significant place in God's plan now not going to move. There we go. We've talked a lot about baptism this week because that's where it, where it all starts. To the one that wants to be obedient to God's plan, it starts with hearing, believing, repenting, acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and then being baptized. And it says, for as many of you, if you have been baptized, have put on Christ. And that's kind of an odd term. But I think of it like maybe... Um, a protection, you know, put on. If you're in a blizzard, you're going to put on a, a big coat. Why? Because it protects you. We're clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ when we're baptized for the remission of our sins, and we put away that old man. And we get that layer of protection. So where have you? Maybe you've never put on Christ. Maybe that's not been something you've done yet. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day that we can rejoice and walk in walking in the light. So the question today is, have you been washed in the blood of Jesus? Are you walking in the light? Where are you at along the way? Rejoicing. Rejoicing about your salvation. Making a joyful noise. Rejoicing and telling others the good news. And the Bible says, likewise reckon you yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus. Alive. Rejoicing about that. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Sing unto the Lord. Bless His name. Show forth His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the heathen. His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared among all gods.
as a Christian, you've got things that are beyond knowledge in, in your joy that you can have. Joy. With thanksgiving, make a joyful noise, is the way the Scripture said. You have the peace that's in God's plan. In Matthew 11 and 28, Jesus said, He's talking about laying your burdens on Him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's a rest that you cannot find anywhere else. People try that. It's a peace that you can't find in any other thing. The peace of God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Look at that for just a minute. The peace of God. We've used this scripture plenty this week. Because I think we should. I think we should know that this is where the real peace is at. This is where our, we can really sink our teeth into. Because it's not going to come anywhere else. And it will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We've got such a blessing. We've been blessed so, so much. Trusting in His promises. Just like it said, Lord's not slack concerning that promise. We need to trust in God's plan. I want to thank you again for the week that we've had. We've had just a fantastic uh, time to be together and know each other, study God's Word. and Hopefully we've learned together and studied together and we have something that you can take home with you and study even further to be better equipped to, to serve God in all the things that we do. God bless you. I look forward to seeing your building when it's all complete and nice and shiny and y'all are all in there and the singing's just right and everything, all the bugs are worked out because I know there are bugs in the building. Not big ones though. Y'all got most of them planned out. Thank you for your hospitality. The meeting's been great. I'm going to offer an invitation. If there's anyone here that has been sufficiently taught that wishes to obey the Lord in baptism, or if there's one that needs the prayers of the church, for whatever reason it might be. We're going to stand and sing during that song. If that is your situation, please come and have a seat on the front. We'd be glad to take care of your needs. Let us stand and sing.